Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Meraki Unbox podcast. My name is Sammy Brenner. I'm taking you through today's episode. And boy, am I so excited because I invited a friend of mine on the podcast. Uh, and she's wonderful. And I cannot wait to share her story with all the listeners today. And she really does just represent the Meraki values so beautifully. So I cannot wait to introduce her in just a moment couple housekeeping items. Again, uh, we love collaborating with the folks at Cisco and Meraki, or maybe you're listening outside of the organization. If you have a great idea and you want to be on this podcast, please tweet us at Meraki Simon. And if it makes sense, we would absolutely love to collaborate with you and hear your ideas. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get into it today. So Sandra Cavado Radcliffe has been with Cisco Meraki for over six years now. She started as a account development rep, which is the team I lead globally. So shout out to our ADR organization. Um, and then she worked her way up to an inside sales role, supporting the LATAM business in that region. And then she transitioned over to U.S. public sector, where she became uh, an inside sales rep there and eventually got promoted into a management role uh, within the U.S. public sector segment of the business. Uh, she took a role as the global co-lead for Meraki Gives, and she's devoted countless hours to giving back to her local community. This woman is absolutely amazing. She lives in the Bay Area with her husband, Chris, and her two adorable little ones. Uh, in her free time, she loves hiking, hanging with her kids, bike riding, and spending time in Tahoe and Mendocino with her family. So without further ado, Sandra, welcome to the Meraki Unbox podcast. How are you? Awesome. Hi, Sammy. Thank you so much for having me today. I mean, what a pleasure. <laughs> and Aww. thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Of course. Of course. It's my pleasure. And like I said at the beginning, I'm thrilled to have you on. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this podcast now for over a year, and this is the first time um, that I'm inviting someone on who's really a, a close friend of mine, I would say, not only an amazing leader and a global co-leader Meraki Gives, but a close friend. So it's my pleasure. And I'm feeling like nervous, like I don't want to mess this up. You're so important. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think, you know, we should start at the beginning. I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit more about your story. So how did you get into technology in the first place? What's your story? And and how did you land at Cisco Meraki? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like I've been telling um, some people whenever I jump into a call or I meet someone that 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 question always landed. <laughs> so um so yeah so as you know I'm originally from Peru. I'm born and raised um in Peru. I moved here to the US back in 2016. Um but before that um I actually the reason why I moved over here to this country is because I met my husband in 2012 in Lake Tahoe. Not a bad place, huh? Um, right. I was doing <laughs> I was doing actually an internship program over there in Tahoe in 2012. Um, and then we got married in Peru in 2013 and we decided to live there for three years. Um, my husband is a chef, so he fell in love with the Peruvian food. Um, my major, it is international business management. So I came from a background of international trade, international commerce, but the focus was in um, outer parts. And the auto park business. Um, so when I moved over here to the U.S. back in 2016, um, basically 
I was looking for a job that actually gives me a connection with home, in this case with Peru, um, and somewhere that actually I could use my language skills, um, Spanish and English, and I did speak, I could say that I still speak some port Portuguese that I could call it Portuñol. Um, so one of my friend's husband, actually, he told me about um, that I should be on technology sales, especially here in the Bay Area. And he started telling me about different companies, and one of them was Cisco. So I started looking for jobs, and I found this opportunity as an account development representative for the LATAM team. So I was like, this is it. This is the job that I want to go for. And, and here we are. And that's how I joined Meraki. Wow. What a story. Well, I'm so glad you landed here. We're very grateful. What was that? I mean, and by the way, the fact that you know three languages is just incredible because growing up in the U.S., my Spanish is rusty at best, and I know enough French to basically order a croissant. So very <laughs> impressed. You know, what was that like for you? Um, you know, I'm curious about your personal backstory. Growing up in Peru, then moving to the U.S., and joining their workforce here, what were the challenges and the hurdles that you faced, you know, initially? Can you kind of walk us through that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I think about this, I always think that when I was young, writing about like young people, like when you move to a different country, to a different place, it's super exciting. Um, I was very excited actually to move here to the U.S., but when you um, start a family, when you're about to start a family, it becomes challenging because you don't have the support of your close family um, in right. the other place. Um, so fun fact, when I moved from Peru here, I was already four months pregnant with my daughter, Lucia. Um, and when I came here, everyone was, you should just wait, wait one year before you start looking for a job so you could take care of the baby and et cetera. But for me, I was already 28 years old by then. So I really wanted to start a career. And if I'm moving over here to the U.S., I really wanted to start looking for a job. And one of the main challenge was that I was pregnant. Um, so when I came to um, to Meraki, when I started interviewing, um, one of my, I think like my interview on site, actually, it was, um, it was the, it was the, the thing that, the, the tone and actually that made me change my life. Because when I, when I went on site, the recruiter at that time, Leslie, she made me feel so welcomed. Um, everyone at Meraki, all the interviewers were, um, were amazing. They make me feel so comfortable, but no one talked about my big belly. When I did my interviews, I was already six months uh, pregnant. So no one said anything. And I was like, oh, it's some, it's everything okay. So then I talked Leslie, I told Leslie, hey, um, you know, the interviews are amazing, but I just, I want to tell you that I am pregnant and I will need some time off basically in less than three months. She got so excited that I was pregnant and I was like, <laughs> really? And she, um, and she started telling me about her manager that actually was, um, that was pregnant too. So at that moment, I knew that this was that place. And I was like, I want to be here. And this is where I want to start my career. So it was, um, you know, it, it was, it, it was great. It was a great experience for me. Um, but outside of starting uh, your career being pregnant and knowing all the needs that you have, one of the challenges for me was actually to adapt to a different culture and in a different language. 
um, because I did learn English back at home when I was in high school, but it's the same way that you learn Spanish, right? When you're at high school or you take Duolingo or something. So for me, it was, um, that was, that was a challenge. Um, I did know that I, I spoke good English, but in my mind, it was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> so mm. that was, uh, so that's when, you know, like, and you and I talk a little bit about the imposter syndrome. And I think that I saw this coming, um, I saw this coming more intense when I moved here. Right. Yeah. I mean, how could you not, right? You're, you're moving, not only you're speaking a different language, it's a different culture and you have a little one on the way and you're trying to adapt, but I'm so grateful to hear that you knew Meraki was the place for you because of your experience when you were interviewing and the welcome, the warm welcome that you received, right? Not despite of what you were going through. So you kind of knew at that point it was a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned something that I think we talk about, at least on my episodes, it always comes back to imposter syndrome because it doesn't matter who you are, you know, gender, sex, age, religion, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. We all go through imposter syndrome. And I think it hits us at different phases in our life and points in our career. And you know, the, the awareness around what it is and then having the tools to overcome it are really all we can do because it's not a one and done, right? I think it ebbs and flows. How have you, Sandra, personally dealt with imposter syndrome, you know, in your career? Um, and what have you, what tools have you used to try to help overcome that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is a great question, right? Because to your point, it is, um, it comes in different ways and it shows up in different ways. And sometimes we say like that never goes away, but you just know how to control it. Um, so when I came here, when I start, you know, like as um, as I was covering the LATAM team when I was an ISR, I already knew that technology, it was my own culture. It was already that I, I could do it on my own language. Um, but then I was thinking, well, I need to challenge myself. And I feel like, when you look to challenge yourself is actually learn to overcome your biggest fears. So for me, it was like, this was the time that I needed, I needed a challenge and I needed to overcome what it was on my mind. Um, so at that time I talked to my manager and I said like, so I want to move to a, I want to cover, I want to have the experience on a U.S. territory. Um, and for me, the most challenging and and nervous thing was like to have interviews, to have all my mini interviews with all the managers possible covering the US territories. Um, so I did my own mini interviews with them. And um, and then after I had, when I went on maternity leave with my second child, when I came back, um, I was able to make a transition to the public sector team. When I joined the public sector team, um, and this is when you and I started getting close uh, because you were a leader at that time and I could ask questions to you and etc. Um, but it took a lot of time, um, especially to have a supportive community, right? And I feel like very supportive that I had an amazing leader at that time, Nikki, that she was very supportive to me and she always looked out and challenged me. And always she always used to say, you're doing great, you sound great. And I would be like, really? Uh, but for me, in order to make that happen how I overcame it was practicing um mm-hmm. I did I watched a lot of videos <laughs> I wanted to perf- 
perf- uh, make my Meraki demos perfect. So mm-hmm. I used to watch a lot of um, webinars, YouTube videos. Um, I even mocked some conversations uh, that I was having with my customers, like looking myself at the mirror. Like I can't believe yep. I'm saying this right now, but <laughs> yes, but yes, I did that. <laughs> So Jesse could help me to get prepared and et cetera. And actually I participated of a lot of um, conference for women in sales and in technology and also those um, conference for Latino community in technology and Latino community in leadership. Um, Mm. And I always think that whenever like you feel like, oh, I can't do this, like this is too hard. Just look at the most valuable thing that you have. And for me, the most valuable thing and my precious things are my kids. So whenever I looked at them and I was like, I can't do this. I'm like, no, yes, I can. I can mm-hmm. do this in way more. You just yep. have to put the work into it and you just have to put your mind into it. Yep. Oh, I'm doing the sorority snaps over here right now. You can't see me, but <laughs> that is so vulnerable and real. And thank you for sharing that. And practice makes perfect, right? Like you practice in the mirror and you watch demos and webinars and you went to these conferences. I mean, instead of running from your fear or your imposter syndrome, it sounds like you just doubled down and you leaned in and you got comfortable being uncomfortable. And now look at where you are today, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think embracing the challenge is the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Embracing the challenges. So it sounds like for you focusing on what was the most valuable, your, it sounds like your kids are kind of your North star and they're your why for, for keeping going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They are, I mean, they keep me moving and also they keep me up at night too. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) and they give you gray hairs. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes, and some wrinkles. Um, no, but in full transparency, they are my reason. They are my reason to keep moving, to get better. And I want them also to see that everything is possible as long as you work on it. Nothing mm-hmm. is going to come free. Nothing is going to come from the sky. But And you will feel way prouder at the end after looking what you were able to accomplish with hard work. And, you know, I feel like as every parent, um, I want my kids to feel proud of their mama too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they are. I'm, I can tell you that. And and this leads me perfectly into, you know, I wanted to talk to you about work-life balance and the pandemic and having to restructure your day, right? With two little ones at home and working full-time and you're a mother of two. And I think this is so relatable to so many people listening. How do you strike that balance between work and home life? Is it possible um, you know, and, and what boundaries have you set up to ensure that, you know, both your home life and your work life are getting the love and attention it needs? Do you have any tips and tricks for us? How do you make it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like this is a great question because um, for us as parents, we always think that, I mean, we're doing all, but we always feel like we're not doing enough and we don't give enough credit to ourselves right or we don't share all the things that are happening at home with other people that they are not parents um so I could tell you that for me my biggest thing and and I think my colleagues and my team members and my my team actually my reps they they might relate to this that I love organization I love to be organized and like having a structure um so 
it helped me a lot to understand like my day to day. Um, so for instance, at work, one of the things that I do is I block my calendars. Um, I block my calendar from 8.15 until 9 a.m. So that gives me the chance to get my kids ready for breakfast and take it, take them to school because I, I arrange the drop off sometimes. Um, and I also feel like it's very important when you um, lean on your partner, right? And, and getting your day organized with your partner is very important as well. And also, I do feel like in what I learned moving here um, and living on a place where I don't have family, to do not feel ashamed to ask for help. If mm. you have family close by, ask for help. If you don't, you build your community in the place that you live. Uh, it could be your friends. It could be your colleague. It could be your neighbor. It could be the person that you met at your yoga class or at the market or something. But you have to seek for that community. They won't come to your door. You will have to seek for it. And when the time comes when you need help, do not feel ashamed to ask for help. Um, and I think like that is on your day life, but also on your personal life, but also in the workplace. Um, for me, what I learned, it was to speak up. Um, my director, and I'm very grateful that he's super supportive, um, but he wouldn't know what I need if I don't tell him. He cannot read my mind. He doesn't know what's happening at home until I tell him. Um, so, and I encourage that also to my team and they will know if I have, if one of my kids is sick or something, they will know. And I will let, I will tell them that I will need extra time or if something is happening. So I feel like it's very important to bring your truly self to the workplace because who you are at home is who you are at work. And that creates a environment of trust, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, so many like, am I talking to Oprah right now? Like, hello. This is <laughs> so amazing. A couple things that I just want to reiterate, um, asking for help. I was just having a conversation this week and for some reason, you know, I feel like I'm the one holding things up and with my friends and my family and at work and I can do it all and I can do everything. And I just had this moment of total vulnerability and I realized I need to ask for help more. And I don't know what it is like having to just, I guess, put your guard down and realize that you cannot do it all alone and you don't have to do it all alone. It's mm -hmm. just, it's so refreshing to hear you say that because I think sometimes we forget we don't have to all take it on and yes. it's pretty vulnerable, right? To, to ask for help or it can't, yeah. it can feel that way at least. And the amazing thing about that, Sammy, it is that you will have your teaching someone else to do something that they could do then in the future, right? So you don't have mm -hmm. to do everything. Um, so I think like that is you're you're also creating, you're setting yourself for success, I think, like for mm -hmm. the next events. Yeah, absolutely. And you're teaching people it's okay to do it, right? And they're going to emulate their leader. They're going to emulate people on their team. So if we can be vulnerable and we can ask for help and we can delegate, it, it has a ripple effect. Um, that's brilliant. I'm so glad you called that out. And then speaking up, uh, that's a huge one. We are not mind readers. We don't know what each other needs at work. We don't know what's going on at home. And, you know, I think sometimes we keep it bottled in and it's so important, you know, and I say this every single time, open mouths get fed. You have to speak mm -hmm. up. You have to ask for what you want. Um, I think everyone, all right, I operate with the assumption that everyone has really good intentions, but they don't 
we don't know what we don't know. And so um, communicating with your, your team or your family or your leader or your partner, right, whoever it is, what your needs are is going to get you so much further because people don't know. Yep, absolutely. That's 100% true. Yeah. Thank you for calling that out. So speaking of doing it all and, and asking for help and speaking up, you are, when I think of one of our employee resource groups at Cisco Meraki, it's called Meraki Gives. I, I know that you're the co-global uh, co lead who took on that role this year. And um, I want to hear all about it, but you really, out of all the people in my life, in my community, in my circle, when I think of people giving back, when I think of people who have huge hearts, you come to mind, Sandra, and we'll, we'll kind of get into why, but what inspired you to, to raise your hand and take on this global co-lead role for Meraki Gives? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um, actually, Meraki Gives changed my life since I joined this, um, this organization. Um, I always come, um, since I moved here from Peru, I always remember my grandma, actually my mom's mom. Um, I always uh, tell my mom that she was a saint. She always was looking for ways to give back, to help someone, to help the people. Um, I would, I remember her like being outside of her door and having these people that they will come from the farms and she always will give them food or she she even went to the um to the prisons over there in the town where she was living she she gave them lunch to all the prisoners once a month. So um I always have her as a image of a saint and I'm like oh my god this is awesome if I could do a little bit of that like at least 1% of that I would be super happy. So when I was um when I moved over here and for me being a mother, I always, you know, the homelessness community here, the homeless community actually was something that was a concern, a concern of me. And especially if I think about women and if children is involved. Um, so I was looking for some organizations where I could be involved with. And then I learned about Meraki Gifts and I talked to the leadership team at that time. I joined in May 2020. Um, and one of my main focus, I was like, I could do events. I could reach out to different organizations. But I always was focused on the um, on the homeless prenatal organization from San Francisco. I always wanted to help and see how I could do something for them. Um, but due to the pandemic and everything was virtual, we couldn't do that much outside of donations. Um, but that Sammy opened up my mind because I always look at something, you know, and this could be something of bias because some someone that look like me that have children or have women or immigrant or something, but there's so many more ways that you could give back to the community. There's so many ways, so many issues out there or so many people that need at least one like one small talk from you that will make up their day. And if you could contribute to that, that is huge. Mm -hmm. um, I I remember my first conversation with um, Jen Kirkpatrick, that she is our executive sponsor for Meraki Give. She told me, once you start giving back, it will change your life. You it will be you will see your world differently. You will mm -hmm. see your day differently. You will see your work differently. You will see your fine your family differently, and that is totally true. It was a game game changer for me, and now um, I get to lead this organization globally, 
alongside uh, Lorenzo Garth. He's based in Chicago, but he and I, we were able to um, develop and actually grow our community. And I'm super proud that now we have uh, we have presence in different regions. We do have a Meraki Gifts team in EMEA. We do have a Meraki Gifts team in APJC. We do have a Meraki Gifts team in Canada, Chicago, San Francisco, and now LATAM. Wow, you're global all over the world. Yeah. So for, for those folks listening, Sandra, who might not be at Cisco Meraki or even at Cisco, what is Meraki Gives? Can you kind of summarize like what the organization does exactly? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as we are employee um, resource organization, we basically focus on giving back to the community. Um, so we do here at Meraki and as we are part of Cisco, we do have 80 hours a year to give back to the community. So that is 10 days a year that you could use as time to give, but people do not know sometimes where to start. They don't know where they could volunteer. Um, and some people, they don't even know that they have this benefit. So for Meraki Gives, so here's where we come in and we try to drive this culture. We try to educate everyone and say like, you could use your time to give and this is how you do it. So we enable different activities, events, campaigns where people actually could use this time to give and actually they could, we could cultivate or we could continue cultivating the giving back culture. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think, thank you for calling that out. 80 hours a year, each Cisco yes. employee has to give, mm -hmm. give back. That's incredible. That's unheard of. I don't know any other company that does that. Exactly. Those are full 10 days. Right. Right. Um, and even, you know, Sandra helped organized two weeks ago, we did a Habitat for Humanity event in San Francisco and the land was actually donated to Habitat for Humanity and they were turning a one bedroom or a one, you know, standalone house into four different units. And Sandra helped organize and there were people from sales and customer success and our engineering team. And I got to meet so many new employees. And not only is it you feel good volunteering, right? And you feel good giving back to your community, but then you're also building your community at work right? I met so many new people that day mm -hmm. and it was such a wonderful day. And I was sore for two days, like my back hurt, but <laughs> it's so worth it. Right. It was so worth it. And yes, so those are the kind of organizations that we partner up in. Our goal is actually to enable these activities. Some people actually can get out of their house and go and do and use this time. And it changed your life as to your point, it changed you're not only doing it for a good cause, but also you're networking, you're doing it for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to touch on that again. When you talk about Meraki Gives and the community and giving back, you can just hear it in your voice. You can hear the compassion. You said it changed your life being a part of this employee resource group and now leading it. What does that mean to you? Like, can you give us specifics? Like how, how did it transform your life being a part of this group? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I could say like since I joined, right, like most of the, uh, to my to my initial point, like to uh, what Jen told me that, I, that you start seeing everything differently, that's how I see it now. I cannot just walk by and hear someone say that they have problems, but I, and if I could do something for that person, I would truly do it. Uh, I cannot be blindsided anymore. So things, um, I look at the world, I think, differently. And that's what I try 
to teach my kids. Um, and I want to cultivate that not all, not only at work, but also um, in my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super beautiful. And you can absolutely see it. Um, you know, at, at Cisco Meraki, we have these values. It's care deeply. It's everybody in. Um, and, and I think Meraki gives specifically really highlights those values and it plays into those core values of who we are as a company. Um, I'm curious, you know, talk to us a little bit more about some of those local partnerships that we've cultivated in San Francisco or the Bay Area or Chicago. Um, I'd love to hear more, you know, specifically about what we're doing in our local communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I always like to say, and I said this today on a meeting, I was like, can you tell that Meraki Gifts is actually the bridge uh, between all the different EROs here at Meraki? Because I think like every ERO outside of your affinity or, you know, the, the presence or, um, you know, likes or dislikes, you always like partnering up with Meraki Gifts to do a give back activity, it's it's huge. And we, so that's where we can, when we try to arrange different events, we look at um, what is what is exactly where we're standing. And like, for example, with that, I could say, you know, if we are in April, like we ran the um, Earth Month um, awareness campaign. And basically it was like to make the people aware about Earth, right? There's so many problems with climate change and et cetera. So why not starting with us and doing it by ourselves? So we partnered up um, with different organizations over here in, in the Bay Area to go and clean up some parks and the same in San Francisco. And some of our regions in me also, they tried to do the same. In May, in May we do uh, the Mental Health Month so we develop we develop different activities with organizations that they focus on mental health. Um, we also partner up with um, Habitat for Humanity, as you mentioned. We partner up with the San Francisco Zoo. We went and cleaned the park. How beautiful that is! Um, and also we do some partnership with schools. We did mentorship programs with uh, Crystal Ray High School in San Jose. The Chicago team, they partnered up with uh, Genesis Group. They're actually, they work with Chicago public schools and we develop different activities and courses in STEM and actually for kids that they want to be involved in engineering. And I could go, oh, go, I I could go on and on and on for two hours <laughs> to talk yeah. about all, our, all, our, all the organizations that we partner up. Uh, but one thing that I would like to highlight, Sammy, here and basically when we talk about Meraki Gifts and the impact that we have and something that makes me very proud, it is the growth and how the, the involvement that we have now with our Merakians. Last year, um, we did record close to 8,000 hours uh, for wow. all Merakians that they participated. I mean, the year before, but last year, 2021, physical year, um, we... And, and I'm sorry, I'm saying wrong because the fiscal year would be 2022. Our last fiscal year, we recorded 18,000 hours. So basically, wow. Moroccans participated 130% more than the year before, than the yeah. prior year. Wow. And no doubt you and Lorenzo are a huge factor in that. I, I just feel like I'm seeing Moroccan give so much more and there's so much visibility in our organization. Yeah, and I, and I think like a lot of that had to do with the enablement on the on the, the tools to provide to the Moroccans and say like, this is what you could do and this is how you do it. And it makes right. it easier for everyone. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for being, you know, that spokesperson for Meraki Gives and, and giving it the the light it deserves. You know, if if people are out there listening today and they're feeling inspired, but they're maybe not sure how to get involved or how to make an impact, what where's some something simple, Sandra, that they could start with? Is there something like a call to action today, or how could someone get involved if if they want to do more than they're doing now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, like my grandma used to say, it or you know, or like back home we said, "Querer es poder." Like if you want to, you can do it, right? So I could say, look around your community, look around you, and if you see um, an organization that you feel passionate about, um, you know, knock on those doors. You could give a phone call, you could send an email, and there's so many ways that you could get involved. Um, for parents out there, you could use your VTO at your children's school. You could use it through the PTA. I did not know that, but now that I know, <laughs> since I started Meraki Gives, I definitely do at my daughter's school. So there is different ways. And if you are a Merakian, if you are in the Meraki organization, um, reach out to any of your Meraki Gives uh, chapter leads. We can provide you with information with organizations that they are locally where you could go and volunteer. Awesome. So many resources. Well, I feel like the future is very bright, Sandra, for you and the organization and your teams. And I'm just inspired by the work you do and how big your heart is and how really important this is. It's it's clearly more than something, you know, that you're doing as a resume builder. You you live and breathe the values and um, it has clearly changed your life. I guess I'll, I'll finish it off today. Sandra, what's next for you, for you in your career and your journey? <laughs> oh, what's next for me? I think, um, I think by now I really enjoying what I'm doing. Um, Being on leadership, it's been um, amazing to me. It's been a career. It's been a learning curve. And now I feel like I kind of got into the motion that I know exactly this is what I I want to continue doing. Um, But in terms of Meraki Gives, I want my goal, to be honest, Hami, is to see the whole Meraki globally, like growing those numbers and seeing everyone getting outside and doing something meaningful for them. Because um, I believe in faith and I think that everything that you do comes back. Um, so, yeah. So I think like yeah. I, I want to see the world <laughs> continue giving back to that community and I will be there cheering everyone up. I love that. Good karma, right? We, we get back <laughs> what we put out and amen. Yeah. I believe yes. that too. Well, that was so fun chatting with you today and uh, you were a fantastic guest. Maybe we'll have to do another repeat episode in the future, maybe at the end of this coming fiscal year and then we can compare and, and see uh, how much we've grown our volunteer hours. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And actually now I'm excited to see that. I want to see those numbers. <laughs> I want there to see go. that. <laughs> Call to action for everyone. Get out and volunteer and give back. Well, uh, Sandra, thank you so much for your time. It was so much fun chatting with you today. And, you know, again, I've said it before, the, the episodes that I host, Simon is is my smarter half. He's the technical brain. And, and my episodes are really about highlighting the amazing people at Cisco and Meraki and our community and that human element of networking. And I could not think of a better person who really highlights and emulates that. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being on today. Oh, thank you so much, Sammy. I really appreciate you um, inviting me here. This was fun. Let's do it again.
Thank you. <laughs> okay. It's a date. We'll do it. And uh, <laughs> that wraps up everyone. Another episode of the Meraki Unbox podcast. Uh, be sure you subscribe and listen to all the upcoming episodes. We have new content coming out every two weeks and we will see you back here soon. Thank you. Thank you.